This is the Voice Podcast Network. I'm very excited to talk about what we'll be talking about today, which is Taylor Swift for Beginners, which we posted on our Instagram, SwiftTalk13, and asked everyone... SwiftTalk.13. We asked everyone what they wanted us to talk about, and Taylor Swift for Beginners got the most votes. At 13 votes, I believe it was. Was so, it really? Yeah. Oh my be. god. Okay, then yeah, we're going to jump into... Taylor Swift has been in the music industry for quite some time now. Like, <laughs> at least more than half of her lifetime, which is, like, crazy. Yeah. Um... So there's a lot to cover, lots of things to say, a lot's happened. She's a very, very eventful, like, kind of drafting, like, what we're going to say for this podcast, at least what, like, I was thinking of. There was, like, so many little things that I could think of that I was purposely omitting for time reasons. Like, there's so many, like, little pieces of drama and, like, funny things that have happened that, that, um, it's crazy. She's had a crazy career, but we're just going to... We'll do deep dives later on, like on specific eras or if you have any recommendations feel free to tell us but first um i'll tell you a couple songs that i highly recommend you listen to if you want to get into taylor swift the first one is death by a thousand cuts (laughs) on her album lover (laughs) highly recommend i'll just leave it at that she's you know i think that's like her big thing is creating really good bridges to songs and that is a perfect like example of like a bridge i mean that and like the all too well 10 minute version which you're probably familiar with because there was a lot of like hype around that but you know bridges are her specialty and that song is an amazing bridge (laughs) and then i don't think fallon agrees with this one but i recommend (laughs) haunted on speak now um it's just such a like i love the background music the beginning to it just i think it's a very relatable song too and um I love Taylor Swift during her Speak Now era. <laughs> so definitely Death by a Thousand Cuts on Lover, Haunted on Speak Now, August on Folklore, which mm-hmm. is just too good. Um, Fallon can say the next one. <laughs> yeah. L- little like word on August, though. It's part of like a little trilogy of songs that are all connected on Folklore, and we'll dive into it when we talk about Folklore, but that song is great. Um, my personal favorite song is actually one of her singles, which is, surprise, surprise, it's Style. Um, I love that song, and I, like, I think that I watched this, I think I started liking it from the stupid, like, Vox video from, like, 2015 or something, but there's, like, a, the way that the sound is, like, layered in that song, I, oh, it's so good, and then I love the lyrics, too, like, I just think it's such, it has an amazing hook. Um, yeah, Styles on 1989, which yes. is her fifth album, so definitely <laughs> give a listen to that. Um, maybe we'll post these, like, as a post, possibly, just oh, so yeah. you have some, like, that aren't well styles a single but you know still worth it but songs that aren't necessarily singles that are just so good and like i think every like swifty would recommend them but like you wouldn't necessarily like easily find them on your own no exactly that's like the song um champagne problems they're not underground no i wouldn't say that (laughs) i don't think a lot of taylor swift is underground unless you do like a one of her like unreleased songs from like 20 or 2005 or something um, but Champagne Problems off Evermore, I think, is a, that is a very well-liked song off of the album Evermore, but I think that El- Evermore as an album is very underappreciated, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I agree. I think Champagne Problems is just, for me, when I wake up in the morning and I, like, need to, like, go to class and it's kind of rainy outside and I just, like, need something that I'll just, like, listen to intently and just want to scream in my head and, like, it'll just, like, keep me, like, focused on, like, not, like, academics or work but just like focus on my walk to class like in the champagne moment. problems just and I, I learned in um 
it's senior year of high school, I had ninth period free every day, and I did have a tenth period, so during ninth period, I learned champagne problems on the piano. Did you actually? And it's, it's not a hard song to learn on the piano. I do not play the piano, but I had a friend who played the piano, and she taught it to me, and it's just the same four chords over and over again, and it was just absolutely wonderful to play. <laughs> like, absolutely. Like, I need to play it. Like, this is long overdue. But, Somebody yes, get her champagne problems. Off the- <laughs> yeah, someone get me a keyboard. Uh, that should be our, oh, my God, that could be our opening. Somebody get me our, a keyboard. That theme song. No, because we can't use Taylor Swift music, so we would have to make it on our own. You could sing. I could play. I can't sing. You could play. We could harmonize. Oh, my God. Because I could trumpet. sing and play. Pull absolutely not. No, you think you could play the trumpet. No, I can't. That's a joke. <laughs> I play the piano. Okay. Sometimes for... Taylor Swift only. Taylor's but yeah, fine. but just going off of that and transitioning into some of the things Taylor does best, I think yes. Taylor often gets criticized just because her music isn't like necessarily like musically complex, which is why like I was able to learn the chords. Mm-hmm. But I think she's more so learned. She's known more so for her storytelling, and she knows that. Um, and just like an absolute expert. Like I, I've listened to songs sometimes I haven't been able to understand what she's saying at all i have to like completely dissect it look up multiple words in the dictionary but yeah dictionary definitely i think there's there's very (laughs) thanks taylor oh yeah especially with like i think folklore and evermore specifically are two albums those are her uh, what numbers is that is that eight and nine nine? yeah those are her eight and ninth albums from 20 both from 2020 um and those are more significantly honestly like lyrically complex than her other stuff um even though like i mean in terms of Heavy vocabulary, I guess, is my better yeah. uh, better definition. No, they're insane. Um, it's like and no one was like, expecting it. They no, were surprise they drops came out of nowhere. But um, we'll talk about those two albums in a little bit. Talk very briefly. Before, we'll talk about it deeper when we go into your analysis of each album. But we'll briefly touch on it today. Um, but I was gonna say something else, but I forgot. We're gonna move on anyway. Um, but yeah, shall we go into? I guess. Um, how she uh, became famous. Should we talk about a little bit about the timeline of Taylor Swift's career? Yeah. If you want okay. to actually say how she became famous and not what Kanye said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That, anywho. Anywho. Um, <laughs> moving on. Okay, so I guess so. Taylor Swift moved to Nashville. She always kind of said that she wanted to be a country singer. Um, and she moved to Nashville, I think around the age 12. Um, her, like, her whole family just moved, which was actually crazy. Um, moved to Nashville. She basically pitched herself to every single studio until she eventually got a deal with uh, this guy that sucks. Um, his name is Scott Borgetta. And he had left a different record label, and he was starting his own record label called Big Machine Records. And she was the first one to sign on to this record label. So she's the one that like kind of grew up from the ground up. Um, Scooter Braun now owns it. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but she was the first act on this record. It's now home to a lot of different country artists. Yeah, while um, we're on it, should we just explain why she's re-recording her albums? Yeah, we can talk about it now that we're mentioning it. And then, yeah, so would you like to explain it, maybe? I mean, well, it's really complicated, but basically... Wait, I actually, like, don't know the exact details, but well, I know that Scooter, like, it's took it's, her rights for, like, yeah. the... Like, he... She basically got, like, just didn't like she got tricked when making this like contract and then 
she's now does not own over half of her albums. Yeah. So basically what happened was um, when she signed this contract, she was, I believe, 16 years old, 15 or 16, like very like young teenage years. Um, and her, both of her parents, like, you know, they, they don't know too much about like contracts in that sense. Um, you know, neither of them are attorneys. Didn't really, I don't think they had an attorney, you know, like their daughter is just like starting at this new label. Like Scott Brachetta is like seen as like her partner in this situation. And so basically there was some clause in the contract that was a little bit like there was strange with like she lost it was like something about how she was trying to buy back her master recordings which yeah. after she like left Big Machine like record label because Big, Big Machine was like she felt was pretty constricting um, and so once she left the label she was actually on really good terms with Scott Brachetta like she made an Instagram post for him everything but Scooter Braun who has actually kind of been a um, behind you know he backed Kanye West he backed like Justin Bieber who had like like uh, a lot of stuff with Taylor Swift over the years so she felt like she had been uh, uh, betrayed uh, she no longer was getting any, like, she was getting some stuff, because thankfully she's a songwriter, so yeah. she was still able to get royalties in that like sense. Speak Now, her third album. She wrote she every wrote. single one of those songs by herself, no co-writers, which is crazy. Um, so she was still getting, like, some money from it, but she didn't own her own master recordings. And so. also, you just want to own your music. Exactly. And she wouldn't be able to, like, play it at a concert without getting permission from some. Like, it was just a it's, whole mess. It's not a whole, it's not even, like, a... Uh, like a financial thing it's more of like a pride thing too it's like the fact you don't own your own music and like somebody else is like having like complete control over it complete control over it especially someone who like she didn't like yep like very clearly so anyway she decided like absolutely surprised us all in like what was it like april of 2020 it was february of 2021 she announced it yeah and she we recorded her second album fearless yeah and no one was expecting it no. And it was absolutely, like, a great hit. She not only re- re-recorded the whole album, but she also, like, released music from that folklore, I mean, not folklore, <laughs> era that she wrote, but just didn't have the time to release. So from we got so many, yeah, from the vault. They're called Songs from the Vault. And we got so many bonus tracks. And it was just such a fun experience for fans. It's because so fun. we were really excited for Taylor. And then, not only that, she loves to interact with her fans, so she, like, made this, like, word scramble for us that to try was to so guess the names of the that songs. That was crazy. And when you think <laughs> you have it, you go onto the secret website, and you type them in, and if you get it right, then you get this, like, verified thing. <laughs> and it was, like, absolutely terrifying, so fun. Like, I did not pay attention, like, during that day at all, like, to anything I had crazy. to do. That was, like, the focus of my life. Then, later on, she re-recorded... Um, her fourth album, Red, which that album, that re-recorded album, because it has a big like bo- like bonus tracks plus de- like the vault tracks. Yeah, and it had then, over like, like thirty tracks. It's right? crazy. Yeah, something around thirty there. tracks. And then she also like takes this time to like redo things she wishes she had done. Like for mm-hmm. example, like re-releasing or like releasing music videos that like she wanted to release or putting out songs or even like making the all too well 10 minute version with this short movie which right was, oh my god you have to watch you have the short to watch. movie once you watch it you'll realize why she's yeah. so uh, such a genius and like like uh, like i said earlier um her original record label that she recorded these album albums under were like very restrictive like i think with the album even speak now we can talk about that when we get to the album specifically but like there was a lot that she wanted to do with that that her record label was like no like you can't do that you can't do that um like i think she wanted to call the album enchanted she didn't even want to call it speak now enchanted would have been a really good title i know i I love speak now but low-key enchanted would have hit i know uh but yeah we can talk about we mentioned we've name dropped a bunch of albums we can go talk briefly about 
each one of those. So, like I said, so she signs her deal with Big Machine Records, um, and she becomes, like, pretty successful in, like, the country genre with her debut album, which is self-titled, so it's called Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Um, mm-hmm. The songs are song... Uh, Tim McGraw's the first one to go. I think that's a big single. That, that's the first one to go, like, pretty big on the country charts. Our song does pretty well. Um, and then picture, she performs Picture to Burn at the Grammys, I oh, think, Oh, I right? love that song. Uh, yeah. And then Should Have Said No are, like, her biggest songs off the album. There's also, also oh, Teardrops like, on My Guitar. I song forgot. is so good. Yeah. So, anyway, she drops that. Pretty successful. And that kind of launches her into, like, a really good position for her next album, which was Fearless! Um... Fearless is, you know, you have, like, the... I feel like most of the songs, like, oh, the old Taylor Swift. I feel like, like, that's what everybody refers to is, like, it's love, story. love story. Which all the <laughs> men in the world call Romeo and Juliet. It's like, <laughs> not called that. Oh, what's your favorite song? Romeo and Juliet. Okay, moving on. Yeah, there's Love Story, there's You Belong With Me, and, like, this album actually wins. Mr. Perfectly Fine. Oh, that's a that's a vault track. It's Other crazy. Side of the Door. These are all songs I recommend. Yes. This one is um, great. That's a great album. Um... But it wins Album of the Year at the 2009 Grammys. Um, in this, I guess you could say, era is also when the first Kanye Taylor Swift incident happens. Nadine is grimacing right now. <laughs> um, he runs up on stage at the 2009 VMAs and like takes the mic from her and says that Beyonce should have gotten because <laughs> she got music video of the year right for for yeah. um, You Belong with Me. And he says that that Beyonce should have won it for single ladies, which might it's a pretty good it's a great video too. Uh, but you know, Kanye runs up on stage and then like a lot of people are talking about it. even like Obama like chimed yeah. in at one point about it. Um, Beyonce ended up um, when she won, I forgot what she won, but later that night she won an award and gave Taylor the mic back and said, like, Taylor, you were robbed of a speech, like say whatever you want to say. Yeah. So and, the, and Taylor even, like, I think admits, like, she talks about, this, talks about this in her documentary, which is Miss Americana. You and have to watch Miss Americana. I think it's on Netflix. It is. It is incredible. It'll tell you everything you need to know about Taylor Swift. It also just, like, tells Except you a lot about what was going on It's a good supplement to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> highly recommend. We come first. Okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she says in that podcast, not podcast, in that Netflix special that uh, she feels like, she was the one being booed, but actually Kanye was being uh-huh. booed on stage. She um, just didn't, like, you know, in those situations, like, I've never been, like, obviously, like, in that kind of situation, but, like, when you're just on stage, sometimes you misinterpret things, and she just thought everyone was booing her. Like, yeah. she was such, so young, 19. She was, yeah, she was 19. Ugh. Speaking of 19, she writes this entire album Speak by herself. Now, her Speak third now. album completely by herself with no co-writers at the age of 19, which is crazy. But she does this to kind of prove a point to the media because this is where she's first starting to get, like, her negative press about, like, oh, like, other people are writing her songs. Like, even though, like, it's very common for, like, her to have, like, anybody to have co-writers. But, like, people were mostly, like, I guess, like, pointing out the fact that she's so young. Like, there's no way she's actually writing all this music, like, by herself. Like, like, it's crazy. And so she proves a point um, and writes the album completely by herself. I feel like people don't realize how big of a deal this is. It's, like, it's crazy. Like, I can't even imagine that. Like, I'm almost 19, and I cannot imagine writing a, <laughs> this album by myself. Like, that is crazy. Um, and it does pretty well, com- like, commercially. I don't think it does as well as Fearless did, but it, like, it does pretty well. The Speak Now tour was really cool. Yeah, Speak Now was a really, yeah, a really cool tour. 
um, you know, if this is the album, um, you start seeing evidence of, like, other influences into, like, her music other than, like, just country. You know, Fearless had, like, the teenage girly country pop, like, you belong with me, like, what, tell me why. Yeah. It's still pretty country, but, like, this is where you see the song, like, Haunted, which is not Love really it. country. It's just, like, it has a lot of different other, like, influences in it. Yeah, and then also Better Than Revenge, I love, which, like, <laughs> controversial take. I don't even think it's that controversial. I, don't think, I think that either. people who don't like it are just confused. <laughs> I think they're just a little confused because some people don't like it because there's, like, a line, like, she's basically like looking down on another girl who's like stealing the guy she likes yes um or dating the guy that she was dating it's like oh she's looking down on women she's like pitting women against each other but in reality she does refer to the man as like a toy or an object like not like just like so it's not like she's not doing the same to the man yeah i think she's just like attacking both people in this situation. I think she's just an angry person who, like, <laughs> is just upset. And, you know, we're all there sometimes. So when she possibly I, – I have no clue what's going on with her. I I thought she would re-record her other albums. I, I'm literally, like, terrified of her. I, yeah, I we used to predict anything. At this moment that we're recording this, she's, like, weirdly silent. So, yeah. so <laughs> like, when, if, whatever, she records Speak Now. Which is um, probably next, A lot way. of people are, like – should she include a different version of Better Than Revenge? Mm -hmm. I say no. Personally, (laughs) me, no. But, um, like, I don't know. I I think that Taylor has shown a lot of maturity just growing up, like, just, like, being in the spotlight, and I could never imagine handling it that well. I think I would just have to, like, (laughs) I I would just not. Like, I couldn't do it. Um, And I don't think, I think very few people could, and obviously she suffered a lot because of it. But um, I think that, like, attacking her for like one like little petty line she said in like one of her albums when yeah. she's shown to like support women and everything yeah otherwise no yeah definitely um yeah we'll see what happens with that i'm really curious to see about the speak now re-recordings speak now also has the song um some of her i would argue her most sad stuff is off this album last kiss last kiss is oh. really sad um, but also, I guess, like, Dear John is this really Aww. interesting track about how her, her, I don't mean to, like, I'm, okay, I'm gonna preface this by, like, in this podcast, we're not gonna hit too much on, like, the Taylor Swift, like, dating history, but I'm only gonna mention it if it's, like, relevant to her career. So, in this case, there was a moment where she wrote about, um, most likely referring to her relationship with John Mayer. He was 32, she was 19, um, should have, could have, would have. She reflects on it later in, yeah. in Midnight's. Would have, could have, should have. I said the word. <laughs> like, it is, you know, it's still something that's definitely been affecting her. Um, but there's a moment where he sues her for defamation and he loses because it, they are unable to prove that it is one. Okay, well, on, defini- defamation doesn't, it's not, you can't do defamation if the thing is true. So, <laughs> first of all. Second of all, um, <clears throat> They can't prove that it's actually about him because, like, a Dear John letter is a thing. Yeah. So, you know, like, that's a little fun moment in her career that happens. Um, And so, like, there's a lot of drama going around this album. Um, She's, you know, just coming into her 20s. And she also dates, and once again, I'm sorry, I'm talking about the dating history, but she dates Jake Gyllenhaal um, very briefly, (laughs) which... Sets us so, up yeah, for, for the album Red. The album Red, which, which is a 
she it, it like all too well is most probably about him but more so red as an album at least my take on it is i absolutely love how chaotic it is most of her albums have like especially folklore or like evermore or um fearless have like are have a very clear theme yeah and i think red has a very clear theme and it's that it's like chaos and chaotic and yeah. just all over the place like we talk about this in the last sad songs heartbreaking songs and then you have like a 22. song like 22 we are never getting back together which is just like more pop more exciting yeah. so at, at first i didn't i loved the songs on red but i didn't love red as an album just because listening to it all the way through was an emotional roller coaster and i don't know if i could deal with that it's every not, time I it's not cohesive it's not cohesive not at, at all. all but i love it i've now grown <laughs> to learn like yes actually my life is now extremely like chaotic and busy and i totally understand like yeah that kind of album now i am still a little bit i do love a cohesive album i like albums you can listen to like like that flow very well from start to finish yeah. um so like i we we talked about this in our last podcast of my opinion of red because yeah. somebody somebody puts me on the spot <laughs> i asked her her ranking <laughs> um but red is a yeah it's it's very mixed it's good you know like i i mentioned jake gyllenhaal because this is album is like a mixed emotions of a breakup she even describes this you know like describing relationships as red um but it's also mixed and, like, kind of all over the place in terms of, like, sounds. It's very experimental. Um, and you s- it's a really good stepping stone, I think, in her career. Of It serves as a really good point for moving from her country genre into, like, full-fledged pop in 1989, which is her next album. And you kind of start seeing this with – she starts working with Max Martin and, and Shellback, who are um, very famous producers. Max Martin has pr- produced, like, 20 number one singles. Um, I wrote down some of them that I think that – the audience may want to hear um so baby one more time by britney spears um it's gonna be me by nsync i kissed a girl by Katy perry and most of actually teenage dream by Katy perry uh california so girls what last that was my so what pink at, like some point in my life i don't know why but one more night by maroon five my life would suck without you by kelly clarkson that's just a few of them and he actually helps her write we are never getting back together, which is her first number one single. Go Taylor, go. go yeah. Taylor, go. So she creates this like piece. She's like doing like the best commercially she's done throughout her career. She goes to the 20, 2013 Grammys, and she was like totally not expecting to like win for Red, but it's like she's kind of seemingly going to be the winner like for like album of the year, and she loses. <laughs> <laughs> And there's a very, like, a, a moment where she even talks about it where they go, like, <laughs> they go, like, random access memories, and they don't say red. Um, and so she kind of talks about how she realizes in this moment that she needs to create better work. And Which so, is just, she's so hard on herself, but, you know, she is. All, I think, she, well, she has a lot of critics because this universe, but um, she is, like, a very harsh on herself at times, like. We'll talk about this later, but Reputation also did not win Album of the Year, and there's a video of her saying, like, it's fine, I just need to make a better album. And surprise, surprise, her next two albums win Album of the Year. Like, absolute comeback. But yeah. anyway, yeah. she deserves better, even yeah. though she has a lot. <laughs> but Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> but um yeah so she works her working on 1989 which like you're probably as a as a i guess like a lay listener a person who's not a big fan of taylor swift um probably is most familiar with 1989 uh, it's released in 2014 she starts working on this album with her bestie or not her now bestie jack antonoff who is literally has his like foot in pretty much every single female artist's <laughs> work right now. Yeah, Lana Del Rey, Lana Del Rey, Lord, Lord Phoebe Bridgers, oh, right, Claro. Yeah. Um, who else? A bunch of people. Well, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yeah, I and mean, it's gonna keep. She's just growing, growing, growing and growing. And now, like they're all starting to collaborate with each other too. <laughs> like Lana Del Rey and Phoebe. I'm just like Jack is putting this all together. So when do we get Lord? 1989. We record. Come on, let's get Lord back. I'm just saying. But yeah, so 1999 is inspired by synthpop of the 80s. She famously cuts her hair in this era. You know, this oh. was like a this is a pop culture moment. Like this is the time that like Miley Cyrus cut her hair too. You remember that? Yeah. Like it was a like cutting that your hair. That was traumatizing. That was cutting your hair was a big like pop culture moment at this point. And so she like cuts her hair and she has this like weird little like bob <laughs> like bang moment happening. And it just kept getting shorter and shorter. So like, get this, like, weird business bob in, like, 2016. That's a yeah. whole other thing. But, um, you know, this album does so commercially well. Every single one of her, like, singles is a total smash hit. It gets a bunch of radio time. She has releases Shake It Off first, which is massive. Love that song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they didn't have a really funny video to this song, actually. <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, but she has this really extravagant, like, stadium tour, because she's doing so well. There's also an interesting culture moment, because she has, like, the squad. Yeah, it's her, yeah. This, uh, it's just, like, this is the time when there are a lot of, like, up-and-coming new artists. Taylor's at the age where she's, like, not a new artist anymore, but, like, she's old enough that, like, she's making friends, going out. She's in New York City, that's what... The That's vibe the whole of 1989. About. It's about like being in New York City, trying new things, experimenting with everything and every us. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, she meets some friends, and um, let's just say most of those relationships don't last. But we love Selena Gomez. <laughs> Selena Gomez has been there since, since. Since Fearless, yeah, since but she was in the squad. Fearless, but she was in the squad. Big, the squad was like we can honestly do a whole podcast episode on the squad alone. Ugh. The squad was like notice, notably, um, <laughs> Carly Kloss, Cara, Cara, is it Cara? Who has since post a picture with Kim Kardashian? Oh yeah, Instagram. yeah, both of them, both of them, just Carly. I know it was Carly. I, my job Cara, was on the ground. Kara Zendaya was briefly in it. Yeah, Lord was there. That Zendaya is only kind of problematic thing. Yeah, Haley Steinfeld. Anything? If you go watch, go watch the Bad Blood music video, and oh, there's like incredible. the majority of majority of them are in there. Plus, like randomly, like Shania Twain and like Ellie Goulding and like some mm-hmm. other like influences that Taylor. That music video is great. If you want to go see some celebrities. Yay. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyways, this is her comeback. She. Wins album of the year again in 20, I think it was 2016 Grammys for this album. Um, so now she's at two albums of the year. Um, this is also an interesting time for her, too, because she admits in that, that um, um, what's it called? I keep wanting to call it a podcast, a documentary, um, about how, like, you know, this time was really iconic for her. She kind of, like, built this, like, image away from, like, the country thing. But also at the t- same time, like, she um, was getting a lot of backlash for referring to, like, relationships in her songs, specifically with the song Style. Um, she also, like, is going through, like, some, like, stuff mentally, 
um mental health issues she has an eating disorder and so like it's still like a little bit like it's almost like looking back on it it's almost like kind of bittersweet um it's like there was so much pain but no one really knew what was no nobody really knew at the time and out of nowhere she disappears yes well not quite out of nowhere there was some build-up there was drama but i i was didn't i thought i would never hear from her again i thought it like she was gonna go into hiding and that was the end of my yeah do we want to explain the drama what happens well i think just talking about the media first like Mm -hmm. people were not looking favorable upon her if you look at any interview people were just asking very sexist questions and she had a lot of interviews in this time she was like being worked to the bone like i don't know how she even like i i i'm not very good at biting my tongue so i would not (laughs) have done well in this situation but they were just asking her like bad questions like more so about everyone she dated like really only associating the people she dated with her music and she was very clearly trying to separate herself from that. And, um, which I feel like even like she even says, like, a lot of her music is, you know, as we see with like, a lot like, of her music is not about people. It's about sometimes they're about relationships, but they're not necessarily about like, I'm going to write about yeah. a specific thing. It's not no. always autobiographical. People were just eating it up for the media. And, like, that was hard on her. I think just the public image, like, it gave her an eating disorder. Like, it, like, very difficult. Um, mm-hmm. And then there was this whole drama with Kanye. Again. Yeah, so she's at kind of a, a, an early peak of her career. She's at multiple peaks. Like, she keeps going up and up. But, like, yeah, this is, I, I guess, am. like, a, a small peak. Um, she, you know, like, she weirdly makes up with Kanye publicly, like, a year earlier, which is really strange. Um, but then he releases the song. We're going to go over this very briefly. It's a very, like, um, complicated situation. But he releases the song Famous. Uh, she claims that he did not ask her for permission to include this, like, rather um, inappropriate, not, not, like, not the inappropriate line. There's an inappropriate line made, but then he attributes, like, her success to, like, he created, like, he created it. He says, I made, you know, Taylor Swift famous. Um, and she claims that, like, he did not ask for permission for that specific line. Um, and then Kim Kardashian posts a video of the call and calls her, like, a snake for um you know lying to the public um taylor at one point makes a notes app apology or like a notes app like addressing the situation not apologizing for like that but like addresses it um and then she's like she's officially like canceled on twitter like taylor swift is over party starts twinning everywhere snakes everywhere jenner yeah there's snakes everywhere um i think that like this zendaya even betrayed her oh yeah Zendaya Which did. Zendaya is the it girl of our generation. No one can prove me wrong. But that's her, like, only thing that's, like, slightly problematic. So other than that, she's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she's, like, canceled, which is a really weird thing in retrospect to think of somebody being canceled for. Like, I don't know. I guess for uh, apparently lying. Yeah, like, but it turns out later on, it turns out later on, like, the video that, that Kim Kardashian posted was, like, cut and, like, totally, like, botched. So, like, it's irrelevant. Um, like, it was irrelevant at the time, so, like, when it, like, was released, but, like, you know, it turns out the video was not even (laughs) real. Um, but she disappears. She just, at the end of summer of 2016, gone. Nowhere to be seen. There's a a funny story about her possibly hiding in this big suitcase, um, leaving her apartment. Um, and she deletes all, at one day she deletes all of her Instagram posts and releases... A bunch of little like snake things yeah and th- then she releases this album reputation which i think 
oh my god it's just incredible just generally speaking taylor is really good at manipulating what other people think of her and what the media thinks of her to work in her benefit so in this case people were calling her snakes they were whatever and sure enough on her reputation stadium tour there's a huge ginormous snake <laughs> that just like comes out of the ground and, like, <laughs> it's absolutely gorgeous it's on like, all the merch i bought a snake ring because of it like i have i don't think it was the tail like i don't know if she released one but i i just like saw a snake ring um it kind of went up my middle finger which is fun and like, <laughs> i just like fully enjoyed that um, and she really, like, reputation is her responding to all of, like, this hate she's gotten. But it has, it, it's not just, like, because of the hate. She has this new message that she's found love and she's <laughs> found peace and she found this guy that she loves. And now, like, she loves him and he loves her for, like, who she is. He doesn't care about, like, everything that's being said in the media. And just that she's found this kind of unconditional love during this time of, like, stress for her has just been so powerful and just in this era you really see like how happy she is and how like healthy she is too like she just seems so happy even though like she's in all black most of the time with snakes everywhere and like acts all scary like she's like she's really just she's like living her best life like (laughs) enjoying it she's like i'm back guys and i'm better than ever and it it was just absolutely a cultural reset it was incredible you know she she really like and it's the whole like the old taylor is is not like what Taylor can't answer the phone right now why because she's dead um and it's like she's taking a hold of her reputation she's reinventing herself to some degree she really like doesn't reinvent herself but like for the for the sake of the bit she kind of does because like you know like she's like you know that time that she was it was almost a year she had not like done anything completely like in hiding and then she comes back stronger than ever she has this stronger than a 90s trend (laughs) But yeah, no, it, it's like I, <laughs> that's a lyric reference if you don't know. It's to the song of Willow. That was a that was a. <laughs> but yeah, no, she's she's incredible. Um, this album, like this whole thing's incredible. The opening to her tour is just like Ugh. clippings of newspaper articles and Interviews. like interviews where people were bashing her, and she just comes out and she's like, "Are you ready for it?" And, and then, just like her first opening song on Reputation, the best opener like, I would say. There's like these big fireworks, and she's like moving all around the stadium. Yeah, I, I saw this live. Um, not to flex but I did see this live <laughs> and it's incredible it was incredible um you know she's she has so much satire on this album we're gonna like I'm gonna do much <laughs> yeah next time lover era yes so anyway record-breaking tour you know she's in a pretty good spot this is where she leaves big machine cordially we already mentioned this and now she's under a new label and she kind of has a lot more freedom um she's very happy and she releases this pretty long album. It's 18 tracks, and it is Lover. And Nadine loves Lover. I love Lover. <laughs> I love Lover. But also, like, a lot of people don't like it because it has some, like... Ju- I think just because the lead singles off of Lover... It's a really bad representation. Not, not, like, a great choice, but I just, like... Like, there are just so many good songs. Cornelia Street. There's a um, lot. I love I Think He Knows. Like, you just... That song is just so, so hard not to dance to. I already mentioned this, but death by a thousand cuts like i i just think that the album as a whole is just very cute and taylor's really like just seems so happy is embracing like everything like and i've said this before but i'll say it again i think at this point like at the lover album like this point in her career she's no longer i i think she's not really making music to try to impress someone or break a record she's more so doing it for herself and doing music that she actually genuinely enjoys making um, just because she's already had this incredible career, and I think she's just making music she enjoys. And I think that really shows through, and like, especially in Folklore and Evermore and Midnight's, that, like, 
there are some cho- choices that she makes where I'm like, oh, like, go for <laughs> like, That's what I expected. But, like, yeah, I think she's just, like, really enjoying herself. And I love listening to that. Yeah, no, Love Rare is definitely, like, it's definitely not my favorite album. Once again, you can go listen to my me talk about it a little bit in the last episode. Um, but it's not, like, my total favorite. But I do think there's a lot of, like, really strong points on it. You know, she's having a lot of fun. She's releasing a lot of things that are, like, I guess, like, new, ex- like, kind of experimental things. Which is really interesting, though, because she experiments a lot in this album. And she kind of just does whatever she wants to. She has a lot of freedom. She's enjoying the freedom. She has her, like, her, um, what's, she's about to do this, like, big tour, which is called Loverfest. I had tickets for it. It got canceled. Oh, yeah, I also of, had tickets. <laughs> because of COVID. And that threw, like, I think, I think it's interesting how she was super experimental in Lover. But that didn't really, like, I guess the aspect of her experimenting got put into her next album, Folklore. But it, those two albums are so sonically different. It is crazy. So COVID happens. She's locked up in her house. She's sad because COVID. And she has no tour to do. She's locked in her house, not doing anything. So what do you do when you're Taylor Swift and you're sad and you have all the time in the world? She's sad. She was sad. Are you sure? Yeah, she was sad during folklore. She was locked in her house. I feel like she would like that. No, because she was like, because remember she was all disappointed because she needed to go, to, go on yeah, tour. Yeah, I guess no love Because she was preparing for the tour. But what do you do when you're Taylor Swift? You surprise drop an incredible album that had never <laughs> been heard before no one's expecting. <laughs> yeah. At like midnight. Like no one, I, I, I was just, I listened to it the first time and I was so confused. I was like, what is going on? I but will, yeah. I, I love folklore. It is my second favorite album to speak now. Um. Absolutely insane, like just. I thought Lover was your favorite. No, you told me that one time. Lover is like my sixth favorite. Okay, okay, okay. But yeah, she, she's um, you know, she's definitely experimenting a lot. She has this, hence the word folklore. She has this like experimental, like folky music. She reaches out to like somebody she always wanted to work with, which is Aaron Dessner of the National. Um, she works with them a lot. Um, listen to Exile. Listen to Exile. Last Great American Dynasty. August already I love mentioned. That song. Yeah. So this album is very much. It's not poppy at all. Like obviously, like there's some like pop like influences My and like. Ricochet. Yeah, there's some pop influences in the songwriting, but the songs are. If you listen to like My Tears Ricochet, um, if you listen to Illicit Affairs, they're not pop songs in the slightest. The closest thing to a pop song, I feel like the song like the album's almost closer to country music with the song Betty than it is. Than yeah. it is pop. Like, yeah. there's August, there's The Last Great American Dynasty. She definitely enters, like, a new era with this. And then her sec- her next album, which is, like, Folklore Sister Album, Evermore, which we won't talk about a lot because she doesn't. <laughs> um, she freaks. It's the joke is that she forgets that it exists. She has, she has forgotten it exists. I doubt I doubt she'll remember any of the words to any she song. Sang she sang the lyrics from Champagne Problems that we mentioned earlier. She, she sang the lyrics wrong one time. On TikTok. It was so funny. But anyway, um, Evermore is, like, a very similar vibe to Folklore. Like, I think there's two are the most similar to each other mm-hmm. um but both in both in quarantine but it's more so storytelling very storytelling not really there's only there's some stuff that's a little autobiographical my tears ricochet kind of goes over the whole um her album um re-recording debacle issues yeah. going on there um but crazy you know, this this album created just, like, in her, in her home. No, like, she makes a studio in her house to, like, record this. And it wins album of the year. So this is her, she's won it three times now. 
Um, it is just like you know, folklore also was like crazy. Like everybody, like I yeah. feel like it brought in a lot of new fans too, because like that oh, like hundred percent that like folk element. Um, so Evermore, yeah, just after Evermore, about. um, she released Midnight's, which we already did a deep dive on, but just like so fun. It it, it the theme of Midnight's is just like a bunch like just her different feelings. She's felt at Midnight, so it ranges from like an exciting song like bejeweled that's like oh my god i can do anything you know when like at midnight you put on a, like a fun dress and like you do your makeup for no reason you're like i love my life i'm so cool i deserve the best which you do deserve the best um <laughs> and then like more sad things like reflecting on your childhood you're on your own kid oh yeah like reflecting on past relationships like midnight rain yeah um, yeah which it, it's a great variety yeah no there's a lot going on there and i think that like Midnight's is a really good reflection of where she is in her career now. You know, she's um, at this point where she has this this free ultimate freedom. She's so popular, it's just like ultimate freedom to kind of do whatever she wants with her yeah. music. Um, she is not really like she just you know didn't really she didn't even have a lead lead single did she for Midnight's no. like before we were, all, we were all expecting one. Yeah, no lead single. She just kind of comes out of the blue and like drops this album, and then she has this like three a.m. track. She, this is another really long album. Um, there's actually one song that she still has not, like, released on streaming services yet, though, so we're kind of oh. waiting on that one. <laughs> yeah, we're it's, waiting on a music video, too, for Lavender Haze. Yeah. We'll let you know when it comes Maybe out. Lavender Haze. It's probably it's Lavender Haze. It's definitely Lavender Haze. <laughs> um, so we're waiting on some still stuff. We're technically still in, I guess, the Midnight's era, um, you know. Which I'm enjoying. Yeah, I'm enjoying it, too. Right. Um, that's our general summary of all things Taylor Swift. We'll do more deep dives, so we won't have to, like, do a summary in the future but let us know if you if there's anything specifically you want us to talk about i definitely want to talk about how she uses fashion to express oh i think that would be very exciting fashion would be good i want to do a deep dive my personal opinion i think i want to do a deep dive of um i want to look at reputation i've been meaning to do reputation or i've been wanting to do reputation or folklore because those two are my my I would love, I'd love to do a folklore deep dive. Folklore is, once again, very, very um, lyrically rich. Yes. So, but yeah, we'll leave a Thank little thing again. on our story. Yes, please stay updated and we will drop another podcast very soon. We're very excited yep. to be back at it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Yes. Thank you. Have a good day. <laughs>